0: Welcome to Chase Family Church. You're about to hear a message from one of our Sunday mornings, and we pray that God would bless it to you and to your family. We're going to look at where where is your heart today. Um, And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 6, um, 19 to 34. So if you just want to um, if you've got your Bible with you, turn to that or scroll to that or Google it if you're at home. Or safari it, if that's the thing. I'm not an iPad user, so I don't know. But um, I'm just going to pray before we get into it. Lord, we're going to open up your word together now, and we want to hear the truth of your word together, that we're encouraged by it, that we're built up by it, that we'd be looking at your word, and like someone who sees it and goes, we'd be like people that go away, consider it and do it, Lord. Help us to do these things, Lord. What I've got prepared, use it to get your message across, Lord, and uh, be with us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 19 onwards. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for, today, for the day is its own trouble. So the question we're looking at today is, where is your heart? And... Um, Obviously, we're not merely talking about our physical beating hearts. We're talking about something, something of a bit more like the centre of our physical and our spiritual lives. You know, the heart is you know in the centre of the circulation of the blood that goes around our bodies. It's sort of in the centre of our bodies there. Um, it's consider you know when when someone says when talks like I gave it all of my heart. You know, you're talking about this the the middle or this, the innermost part of, of of a person or a being. You know, where emotions and where desires are. Um, Proverbs 4.23 in the New King James says, To keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In the NIV, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So to give you an idea of what we're really talking about, we're talking about the place where everything we do flows from. This is the heart, what we mean today. Incidentally, these verses encourage us to value and protect our minds, emotions, and will for that very reason, because out of this place, everything we do will flow. And it's not without reason that in Matthew 27, when Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is, one of the things he says is to love the Lord with all of our heart. Okay? The passage we've just read is in... the in the Sermon of the Mount, which is one of uh, you know one of Jesus's most famous sermons, and it's just a collection of his f- famous teachings. Really, to summarise it, you could say it's just Jesus teaching these people how they should live under God's reign in the kingdom of God. God's kingdom uh, is an eternal kingdom; it's everlasting. Uh, it's about the reign, God's reign, in the hearts of His people, in the people that are part of His kingdom rather than a specific building or location, okay? But there's things in this world um, that would seek to rival God's place in the hearts of believers and in the hearts of mankind generally. In this instance, it's the idea of mammon or wealth, uh, riches, being wrapped up in this world with things. Uh, And um, this is what Jesus is trying to tackle here. You can't have... In the kingdom, you need to be all out for Jesus and all out for God in his kingdom. You cannot have, well, okay, I'm really into you, God, but actually, I'm also quite into my things. It doesn't give you that option. It says you cannot serve two masters. You will pick one over the other, no matter how hard you try. Jesus is just putting it out there. It's just, it's it's a It's a simple choice. And it's not, you know... We're reading. We've just read the passage, and we're all sitting here today. And I imagine we're all probably going to say, "Well, of course, we're going to choose God's kingdom," and I'm, I'm sure we are. And that's my intention. But let's not be naive and ignorant to think we're above the temptation of the world, and to think that the riches that are really attractive and all these things, we're, we're just we, we don't have to we don't have to worry about that now. Suppose what I'm trying to get across today is. We sh- I want to encourage us or ref- remind us again of the importance of pursuing God's kingdom and, um, and encouraging us in that. So, a bit of a weird word, mammon. Um, some other translations go for money or riches and things like that. But um, I went with mammon on purpose because it kind of encapsulates an idea um, of, you know, some, some suggest mammon was a, a pagan god. But really what, what Jesus' audience would have understood by his use of the word mammon is the pursuit of riches or wealth, seeking for our own gain <coughs> to accumulate things, money, uh, treasures, Okay, stuff to make us feel comfortable. Um, these things are deceptive. The pursuit of these things is deceptive because not only does it compete against God for, for the very best of us, the best of our affections, the best of our heart, It it, it tells us Look, if you if you come and get me, if you come and get Mammon, then I will offer you security. I'll give you happiness, power, prestige. And people will set their life goals around this. You know, I've heard, I don't know about you, but I've seen things, I've heard people talk about, I set myself a goal that by this age I would have this much money. I'd, I'd, you know, and that's what their life's been all about, making that money. Okay? Um but the thing is, people go after Mammon trying to make it serve them, but it's the other way around. Mammon will enslave you, because no matter how much of riches or wealth you will get, ultimately you'll always want that bit more. Perhaps it's a new car you want. You saw a new, you know you might see the new whatever car you want. I don't really know cars, but um, they, there's so many new ones come out all the time that it's within months if not a year or so, that your car isn't a brand new car anymore. So if you're out to try and have the new car, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. Maybe it's not cars. Probably isn't for a lot of you guys. (laughs) Um, But, you know, okay, it could just be about making loads of money or storing loads of money for yourself. Um, You know, wealth is fleeting, and can change. Fortunes can come and go like that. We've seen as the economic situation around the world is volatile. I think back to, uh, I think it was 2008, I still remember getting on the train to go to work and I saw the pictures of people lining up outside the banks to withdraw their money because things had gone really south. And all of a sudden, this thing that everyone had put their security in which has been completely just fallen through. And so they had to, to cope with that. When we pursue riches and these things to make us happy and secure, we actually find ourselves being led to worry and anxiety about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Why? Because we're not trusting God to provide for us. We're trusting what we can see in the physical to be our provider. We're going to get on to the do not worry part of it later, so don't jump around too much, otherwise I really will get lost. So please bear with me with that. Let me also just say it's not just about actions; it's also about our thoughts. We can become preoccupied and obsessed with um, the pursuit of things. Um, really silly example, but I remember I would used, I'd uh, I'd used to get money, dinner money when I went to school, um, and uh, I was really into video games at the time. And I think I would forego my lunches to save my dinner money to go towards buying computer game magazines or saving up for games, I was preoccupied. That's what I wanted above food. Um, and right, it's, a, it's, not, it's not the best example, maybe, but the point I'm trying to make is, that's where my thinking was at. You know, I'm not suggesting I do it now. But um, back then, it was something that I was, it was just taking control of my thinking. And that desire, going back to this whole general idea of pursuing riches, you can't satisfy it. Even if you get that wealth, forgive me, I don't have the quote in front of me, but I remember asked, someone was once asked, how much is enough money? Or how, something to that effect. And the response was, just that little bit more. Okay? Maybe you might think if I had a million, I'd be happy. Well, I'm sure we would enjoy that. I won't lie about that. But perhaps after time, if that's, your, if that's your goal, if that's what you're focused on, actually you'll be thinking, but I've got a million now, I want a bit more, so-and-so's got a bit more, or you know, I want a bigger house, or... I really do want that car. And um, the point I'm trying to get across is these things promise comfort and happiness, but it's not quite the case. As we read in verse 21 where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we focus on uh, mammon, we're focusing on earthly treasure. And As as Jesus says in uh, 19, don't don't lay up up earthly treasures, where moth and rust can destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. As you've already said, they will; these things will perish. They don't last forever. Um, We can't take it with us when our time comes either. You know, it's it's just very much limited to this world. Um, It's insecure. Our, our possessions, of our finances, our wealth can be stolen. They can be lost. They can become worthless. Um, and if it's fame and prestige, well, these things are fleeting. And, you know, as we, we live in a social media world and people, celebrities, you kind of see the rise and fall all the time of these kinds of people. Heavenly treasure is a different thing. Now, what it looks like, I don't exactly know, but what I can say is this. I would like to have a very healthy heavenly bank account, and I'm sure there will be people here too. Um, maybe you get up to heaven, and you get a little there's a little ATM by the gate, and you have a quick look at your account. I don't know. Um, but the point is, this is a treasure that is a by-product of devotion to God. The treasure itself isn't the end goal it comes through being all out for God, giving our heart to God and His kingdom, okay It lasts forever. it, it cannot be stolen, it cannot be destroyed i 'm going to um, turn to one Timothy chapter six, so if you want to come with me, please do i 'm um, just going to read it and carry on. Um, I'll just find my place it 's one Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which draw men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money... Is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the tr- faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. True contentment is not gained by the number of zeros in your bank account or the number of numbers. It's by living for God in obedience to His words, devotion, giving Him our efforts, our energies. It's worth pointing out, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And there's nothing wrong with having wealth or having things. But it comes down to this. Who's in control? Who's the Lord of your heart? Who, who is Lord? Is it God or is it mammon? That's the question we have to consider. God's way satisfies, whereas mammon doesn't. And as we can see, a warning in, these, in the scriptures here of those who, having pursued um, mammon in their greediness, they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. I believe that our actions, one way or another, are contributing towards the advancement of either God's kingdom or a worldly materialistic kingdom, the world And uh, if we invest our time and effort into those earthly goals, earthly rewards rewards will be received, and heavenly activity will lead to heavenly treasure. As I sort of said already, Jesus is telling us you need to choose to serve God or choose to serve Mammon. Uh, You cannot have two masters. And as again, it's worth saying again: um, if you choose Mammon, be under no illusion. It will not serve you. You will end up serving it. Where our treasure is, in going back to Matthew six, uh, where our treasure is, our heart will be also. It's a good indicator of which master is we've given our heart to. We tend to care about the things we invest our time, effort, attention, and money into, don't we? Um, we bought a carpet once for, when we had a flat, Anna and I, and. I've never been one of these people that cared about people taking shoes off you. all of a sudden I found myself asking the question. <laughs> and um, when we put things in, I got a new car. Um, you wouldn't think it now if you looked at it, but I was really I took a lot of time to care for it and look after it, because um, it was new. I'd, I'd spent money on it. Uh, I mean, you look at it now, it's got three child seats in there and food and crumbs all over it. but that's a different story. I still try to look after it because I've invested into it and I want to look after it because eventually I'd like to sell it on. The point I'm getting at is um, the things that our heart are focused on, we will put effort and money into and, and energy into and um, if we're pursuing riches or possessions, then that's where our, our energies and time, our, our time will be devoted to. Again, our, our careers may well be built around just making money or just trying to do those things. If we're serving God, how we spend those same resources should be different. So the next question is, um, if, we're, if where your treasure is, your heart will be also, and we're encouraged to store up this heavenly treasure, how do we go about it? Well, to look at that, I want to jump over to Luke chapter 12. And this is the majority of this um, second half of this chapter anyway. It's very similar to what we've just read in Matthew 6. It's a parallel sort of thing. It's, it's very similar. And um, in verses 33 to 34, Jesus says this to his, to his uh, disciples. Sell what you have and give alms, or give money and food to the poor. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. And again he says... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we haven't read, and it's going back into the chapter, we talk, look at the parable of the rich fool. Who um, There was a certain rich man who he had a lot of money, a lot of things, and uh, he said to himself, in fact, rather than me try and paraphrase it, let's read it, shall we? Um, I'm going to just go back to verse 13 in Luke chapter 12. And uh, it reads this. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my uh, crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then who will those things be which you have provided? So is he excuse me, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. I think there's a distinction here because even back in Matthew 6, he's saying right at the start, verse 19, do not store up treasures for yourselves. Don't store up treasures for yourselves. And then, as we saw in Luke, sell what you've got and give it away. Heavenly treasure, therefore, I think, is accrued uh, or, or gained for giving generously, generously to God and to other people. In Matthew 16, um, 1 to 13, we see the parable of the unjust steward, and um, which essentially... The steward's found to be, uh, just squandered his master's wealth. And so his master says, right, you're going to have to go, mate. doesn't say that. Mate's not in the Bible. But um, what the steward does next is what Jesus commends. He doesn't commend the fact he squandered the wealth, but so much is how he used what he had to kind of cushion his landing, so to speak. He went and got all the debts that he, that he was accounting for, and he halved them, he, he brought them down, so that when he was fired by his master... The people who we would kind of done a favour for looked upon him favourably. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm sort of saying? Um, Jesus doesn't commend the fraud, but rather the steward's prudent use of those present opportunities to benefit his future. And in the same way, we should look to be good stewards of what we have in the moment with eternity in mind. And Jesus actually says in sixteen verse nine Luke sixteen verse nine I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous Mammon that when you f- when you fail that you may receive into, you may they may receive you into an everlasting home, in other words, use these things, resources, wealth, riches um, for the benefit now, but don 't make them a be all and end all Things themselves aren 't a bad thing in fact." Money gives us an opportunity to express what's in our hearts, but we should be good stewards of what we have. Faithfulness, with faithfulness, with these things now, will see us entrusted with true riches in the life to come. And yes, talking about riches, wealth. I've used words like resources, but anything—it's our time, our energy. It could, it is, will be money. How we, how we use these things. This is what this is talking about: how we give of ourselves to pursue uh, the kingdom of God or worldly things. I found something on a blog um, to do with the Jesus Film Project, and I just thought I'd share it with you because it's something to consider. At the end of Jesus' statement in Matthew six twenty-one, where he says, "Where "Where our treasure is, our heart will be too." This is a common sense statement about the nature of investing. We tend to be passionate about the areas where we devote our attention, time, and resources. But if we are wise, there is a truth here we can exploit. Maybe you don't feel particularly enthusiastic about the kingdom of God. But what if you could change that by simply becoming more invested? Instead of waiting to feel more passionate about eternal things, what if you poured yourself into those things? If what Jesus says is true, wouldn't the natural byproduct be that you become more passionate? You need to consider your abilities, skills, time, talent and money as valuable resources. How are you investing them? As the old saying goes, you can't take it with you, but what if you can send it ahead? I'm going to skip on a little bit because I've just had a look at my watch. Um, I was going to talk about verses 22 to 23 because they might at first instance look a bit weird. Hang on a minute. He's talking about treasure in heaven and he's talking about mammon and right in the middle he's talking about eyes and lamps and stuff like that. It doesn't really seem to fit. But actually, essentially, very briefly, um, what your eye focuses on, um, your eye lets light into your body so you can see where you're going, right? Uh, what you focus your eye on, um, that's your goal and that's your target. The person with a good or healthy eye is one whose intent is to serve God. But if your eye is evil, it's its basically its an expression of covetousness, covetousness or stinginess. It won't let light in. And so those who have evil eyes will be plunged into darkness. And that's why it's sitting here in the middle, because it, it flows into the next part about are we going to be miserly or stingy because we're trying to hoard wealth for ourselves? Or are we going to be looking outward with generous hearts? You know, forsaking these things is a part of discipleship. I'm not saying you can't have things, but don't let things rule our hearts. Because these things can tie us to the world, something we're called to be in, but not of. We're called to be in the world, but certainly not of it. Jim Elliott, um, a very famous American missionary who um, in the 50s sought to bring the gospel to a, a tribe in Ecuador. Um, it cost him his life and those, the lives of some of his team as well. He's, very, he's famous for saying this quote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He lost his life in the physical and any earthly treasure he had, but what he gained instead was riches with in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm thinking, and this is one of the Zoom questions afterwards, I'm thinking, but we've got Jesus. We don't need anything else, right? Yet Jesus talks about treasures, rewards. Why? I don't know. I mean, just to have Jesus enough. It's, you know, Paul says, I consider all things lost compared to the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. I mean, he's still round for a crown. He's still ran for a reward. So maybe there's something there. I'll leave that for the post-service discussion. I want to move on to um, the second half of chapter 6 in Matthew, uh, verses 25 to 34, where um, Jesus is saying, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Worrying is a waste of time and effort. I'm sure you've heard that before. I've heard it before. It hasn't stopped me from worrying, I'll be honest. But it's the truth. Worrying doesn't change anything. Where, where he says, um, which one of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? What Jesus is saying is, which one of you by worrying can make yourselves taller? or some others suggest it might be which one if you are worrying can add a year onto your life. Surely worrying will probably shorten your life rather than extend it. But the point is, it, worrying um, doesn't change anything. In in the, the parable of the sower, where you know, Jesus talks about the seeds that were sown and those that fall on the thorny ground, the message is are like... The message of God is choked by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Mammon can choke Jesus' teaching and the fruit of uh, in our lives if we let it. And if we if we go after, if we make um, mammon the master, we serve. That's where anxiety will be. But if we say, see it serve God and seek first His kingdom, as this passage tells us to do in verse 33, and His righteousness. All the things that we need, so food, clothing, all those things will be added to us. We don't need to worry because we trust in God. I mean, if God's going to care for birds and clothe wildflowers, how much more will he do for us, you know, his children? That's what Jesus is saying. You're worth much more than these things. And if I'm going to provide for them, then I'm going to provide for you. God knows what we need. A father provides for his children. So we started with the question, where is your heart? And that's something I think we should all consider. So I want to finish by asking it again. Where is your heart? To which kingdom, the kingdom of heaven or this worldly kingdom, does your heart belong to? Which kingdom are you investing in? And where is your treasure? For us all, I think we should consider what we, we have at our disposal and how we are investing in God's kingdom uh, so we can obtain those heavenly treasures Jesus talks about. Kingdom people are full serve their king. Mammon never died on the cross. The things of this world, they're not worth going after. It's only Jesus. It's only God's kingdom that we should really pursue and invest in. Because there's someone that's going to last forever. And that's the kingdom of God. God doesn't want to share us, tolerate rivals, or be second place. He wants all of us. He wants full of our heart. Okay? He wants us to give, us, give, give everything. I'm going to pray because I'm done. And then I'm going to hand back to Pete. Lord, all of us where we are now, we know where we are with you, and maybe it's always an opportunity, like times, it is to just really check and see what who has our heart. Lord, I thank you that there's no condemnation with you. This isn't about beating people over the head saying you're not doing this, you're not doing that. You're you you know you're a humble God. You're lowly. You want you're gentle. You want us to come back to you because. That is the best thing for us in every instance. And so my prayer is this, just simply this, Lord. Help us, Lord, to pursue um, heavenly treasures, Lord. Help us to put your kingdom first. Help us to give our whole heart to you. And I thank you that you, know, you came to give us life and life to the full. Help us to trust you. And um, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the message today and pray that it would bless you in your life and if you have any questions you would like to ask then please email info at chasefamilychurch.com